and good evening, folks. Welcome to a Tuesday edition of the Four Boxing News Inscriber Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Carpio. Joining us always is my lovely co-host, Jordan Francis, fourboxnews.com. How are you guys doing today? Doing real good. Great. All right. I went on vacation for a little bit, so hence like the little lag in the, in the podcast. But luckily, there wasn't much happening. Uh, get the sport, but we certainly got a lot of news. There was actually that garnered a lot of attention, unfortunately, for all the wrong reasons last weekend. And it was the showtime. It was a sh- not the show, sorry. <coughs> the PBS title. And between Bill Fox and Gabriel Maastricht. Now, I've seen enough of the fight to know that clearly won. But apparently, the judges in Minnesota didn't agree. They gave Maestre a unanimous decision. But one card that stood out particularly was a card by a woman named Gloria Martinez Rizzo. And this has caught a stir <laughs> over the last few days. Now, were you guys able to? Yeah, that. The reaction. Yeah, I actually didn't see the fight, but I heard that it ended very controversially. Yeah, it went through went to the decision, and almost nobody thought, at least anybody that was watching, almost nobody thought that Fox lost the fight. They thought he won the fight. They thought it might lost it, and even like I said, Fox even scored a knockdown in this fight. But what really got people's attention was that that card from Ms. Martinez Rizzo, which was 117-110. And what wound up happening afterwards, I, I don't know if you guys saw this part, was and the things found particularly in her now-deleted Twitter account. Uh, very, very uh, Trumpian last huh. It came when it came to how she viewed black people. <clears throat> this is causing a big stir because obviously Mikel Fox is black. And it got to the point now where the WBA has now ordered a rematch. And nobody knows what's going to happen in this case because the, the WBA is getting dragged all over the place since she is. Miss, like I said, Martinez Rizzo is a WBA judge who actually got, I think, an award in 2019. I think they call it like the female judge of the year. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Gilberto Mendoza's eating a lot of crow. Now, as far as like a situation like this, like if the, the rematch's been ordered already, like, would you even have it in the same venue? Like, or would you try to have it in, in, the, in a place where you may have taken it to the account? I, it seems like it would make sense to just change locations, get a whole new commission, clean, clean set of judges. That they, they judge stuff, the Rizzo, they, they did some good digging for tweets and everything. And you're right. She's definitely a pro-Trump. 
very strong opinion person when it comes at least to politics and race relations. Uh, man, you would think a boxing judge, I don't know, you kind of would think that there would be a vetting process for boxing judges. Especially yeah, for that's the, that's the interesting part of it. That's the part that's probably going to fall into it because now when you see this come up, you may have to start looking at her previous decisions that involve black fighters and see if you've, if you've developed a pattern. That's a good idea. They may not. Yeah, they may not. But that's that's for mainly WBA this up because they're saying they're investigating. We don't know yet how far the investigation has gone. We're going to be watched about now. Like I said, probably the story had exploded within the last <coughs> couple of weeks. Was the on again, off again situation involving Canelo Alvarez and his next fight. When we last spoke, I remember we were talking about that Canelo to be towards our September match with Caleb Plant for undisputed at 168 pounds, at least $40 million, a one fight PBC deal, and the fight would be on PBC on Fox. And yeah, a couple of weeks have happened now. It looks like in the meantime, the fight fell through. It wasn't on Plant's part. Plant wasn't the one that rejected. In fact, Plant, from there, possibly having a fight with the Bibble for Bibble's WBA light heavyweight title, but at a catchweight. There's a bit of, bit of fuss about that. But now it looks like Canelo is moving away from fighting the September looking towards November, which again now opens the window again to possibly be remake the plant fight. Now, except in, because you guys have been in the legal field, when everything looks like it's been set in stone, like we pretty much thought that this was done. Like we mentioned, plant even signed the paperwork. What kind of deals can derail something that's 99% done and just have You'd be super, The devil is in the details. And even though you reach an agreement, perhaps on a dollar amount, and especially in boxing contracts, there is a lot of little details in there that you would think wouldn't be a big deal. But if you're a strong-willed guy like Canelo with a lot of pull, uh, a lot of normal fighters, they're just going to get... He's he's become very business savvy. He hasn't just developed in the boxing ring. He's developed in the boxing business, and he's confident. He knows his worth, and he's not going to get pushed around. So it doesn't surprise me one bit that perhaps they agree with Kalen Plant. Perhaps they agree on a location and a, a general dollar amount. But I'm sure there are details, maybe maybe back end stuff, uh, compensation one way or another. It doesn't surprise me one bit that when it came down to actually sign, Canelo looks at the little details that are in the contract and says, no, no, this isn't what... There, there's so many little things in the contract, especially if it's going to be on Fox. There, there's going to be... Uh, perhaps there's revenue, other revenue from like YouTube, something like that that, that needs to be discussed. Um, 
it's just I, can and Canelo is at the point of his career where he doesn't have to just take the terms that are put in front of him like most fighters. He he can dictate the terms. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me that the fight with Caleb Plant uh, didn't go through because of things on Canelo's end. That's the fight that makes the most sense, though. I wouldn't be surprised if they do it for November, December, um, or possible alternatives. But it just seems like the Caleb Plant fight is the one that makes the most sense right now. Yeah, I don't really know what uh, Caleb Plant and the PBC were referring to in terms of unfair terms, but apparently they didn't want to give in to what they felt were unfair terms for the fight in September. So I guess there's another round of negotiations that's already started. Yeah, it could be like a million things. Maybe connect the hotel rooms for his buddies at the fight. Or maybe, <laughs> or maybe you know, Canelo wants, you know, a thousand tickets to give away to his people or, or something like that. Or maybe Canelo wants to come out second, like in the, when the ring introductions. There's a lot of little things that in the boxing contracts seem to be worked out. And uh, so it doesn't surprise me that there are some sticking points. Cool. Now, like I said, before things were thought to have been finalized the first time around, like Caleb Plant did raise a couple of things where Canelo said, like, I, I want a rematch clause. I I think I want the ability where if you don't make the fight, I'll still fight. But those yeah, it could have been, been drug resolved. testing stuff. It could have been normally an if COVID happens, um, you know, something happens, or it could have been if the COVID happens, <laughs> they don't have, they can't have fans in. There'd be a certain split of money or something. That. That was part of you the first time, but like, but like, there's been a lot of reports saying that Plant signed off on the fight. So, in many ways, it's not all. Like, it wasn't a holdup on his end. The holdup seems to have been strictly on the Heyman side, and the little details. I, I, I think they'll give it up considering it's Canelo. The only thing that I could, at least to me, and this is probably me wearing a tinfoil hat, being this conspiracy theory mode. The only thing that, to me, that could have derailed things is if Al had to sneak in some type of language that made the contract a multi-fight contract rather than just one. Because there's been some talk about PBC's deal with Fox that doesn't look good on Heyman's side. So this could be a way to placate Fox in that sense, but we don't know yet, but as we're going to talk about probably like in a lot of some of the stories that are coming up. Maybe it's the wise thing to move away from September because circumstances look to be changing pretty rapidly. Now, going from that front, let's see here. I know we're going to tackle the major... The other majors that came in yesterday, and I have to give it up to Mike Coppinger. He did predict this. We know how much tied up in the air the fight with Teofio Lopez, George Cambosis has been tied up in. We thought we were going to have it on Father's Day weekend in Miami, then, then Lopez caught COVID. 
they had to change locations. They didn't move locations. There were rumors that Cambosis Camp wanted to move it to Australia. Well, and there was even talk to the point that Lopez should just drop the IBF belt or Triller should just abandon their purse bid, have a new purse bid happen. But the IBF now has issued their own little ruling. And this is obviously, this is the IBF mandatory. According to the IBF, their fight should happen before October 17th. And it should happen, quote unquote, in a location that does not require a 14-day quarantine. Which does eliminate Australia from the from the equation. They've pretty much said at this point, at least at the time of recording, this fight has to happen in the US. Now, with that timetable put in and like I said, with other things. Yeah, I think so. They got ten weeks where there isn't gonna be a flare up. I see Triller actually to cancel the event, but this fight, ten weeks is plenty of time to, to set says up a, by October seventeenth. Okay, this is gonna be the, the venue where we're gonna have this card. No, I think that they can pull it together. I think that's plenty now, of time. What, what do you think, Francis? Is this something that Triller is going to be able to do, or can you see them defaulting on it and then you have a new person that happen? Hopefully, I think they can. Like I said, they just had their first card, like the first card in the series. And that's supposed to be in the Hulu theater. Michael Hunter obviously knocking somebody, <laughs> cleaning out their clock. And ultimately that followed up by a versus between the locks and Dipset, which, like I said, that was the main attraction for Triller. Part of me wants to think that maybe they'll find a way to default on this because this has been a mess. They put in a $6 million purse bid, and now you're in a situation where you're probably not even gonna, you're not even going to get close to at least breaking even on this fight. And at that point, considering the things that Triller wants to do and how much money that would cost, I can see them voluntarily at some point saying, we can't do this. It was nice. We can't, we can't do this. We just can't afford it. And at that point, then the IBF orders a new purse, but then it'd either be more than likely to be top ranked because I, th- I don't think Eddie Hearn wants to involve himself in another <laughs> purse bid with Bob Arum that ruffled a few feathers. Now, the point's going to be is, because now this is going to be tying to 
this story because we're going to probably envelop this into the major story today. And the major story today is and in the fight that was supposed to be a couple was supposed to be a couple of weeks away. Sorry, a couple of weeks away. Anticipated fight. Manny Pacquiao challenge, challenge Errol Spence. Right, we have WBC multiple titles. Unfortunately, Spence this morning was fun not to have had an injury. I think it's a scratched retina. It's not a detached retina. So I think he just his retinas got scratched. He had to pull out and PVC immediately subbed in Spence for Dirty Kasugas. Was on the undercard. He was going to defend his WBA. I felt immediate relief. So now you're going to have Manny Pacquiao versus <laughs> I was like, Thank God. <laughs> but I think at this point August in Manny Pacquiao's career, it's it's too risky for him. And, and I think he would have given him a good I fight, but the tricky part of it now. Um, intuitively, I feel that Manny Pacquiao would have just started out strong and then sort of faded that in the later rounds. Seeing Errol Spence really dominating and taking over, really catching Pacquiao. Um, to the body and then to the head, really mixing up the combinations and then seeing him either win by decision or, you know, by, by late, by a knockout in the later rounds. So, um, I was disappointed that the fight wasn't going to happen, but I prefer that he faced Ugas. And I don't think that Ugas is a pushover either. I've seen his fight with Sean Porter and he brings definitely some strength to the table as well. So I know a lot of people are disappointed, but Ugas is actually a more sizable opponent. He's quick too. He has power too. So I don't think that, um, you know, we'll be that at that much of a loss. I know that the fight between Spence and Pacquiao is really anticipated, but um, I think come August 21st, I think fans will still be pleased with this fight. There, there's no way fans are going to be pleased with this fight. Well, that's because they don't know anything Ugas. But if they watch the highlights of Jordanus Ugas or Jordanus Ugas, They'd see that he he brings he's not just he's not just some tomato can he clearly has the skill so um it's see, not Joe, what Spence, was your reaction to the Spence it's not a tomato can honestly Dan I called this three weeks ago he did call it I, did I'm call like it. the fight's not gonna happen someone's gonna get hurt someone's gonna get COVID uh, surprised me one bit and that's just the way 2021 has been going we got. Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua set up, and then an arbitrator canceled that. Yep. We got Tyson Fury versus Wilder three. COVID canceled that. Teofimo Lopez was supposed to, supposed to fight in June. COVID canceled that. Like we can't have nice fights this year. Every every fight I get I get excited about gets canceled. So I've tempered my expectations. Uh, I, I figured it was going to come one way or another between Pacquiao or Spence. One of them would get COVID or injured. And of course it comes true. The, and so Spence gets the retina injury. Uh, you know, I get it. You get your vision is important and I get him pulling out of the fight. Ugas is a good replacement, but Spence is, Spence is a, a star and he's been wrecking people and People have been dying to have Spence get in there with someone of Pacquiao's level. Is it Pacquiao or Crawford? Like those are the guys that Spence should be fighting. Finally got it. Pacquiao, Spence. Here, here it is. Two weeks before the fight, it falls apart. It's a shame. 
Um, Ugas, I'm sure it'll be a decent fight, but it's not gonna. It's not the same. It's not the Spence Pacquiao. That that would have had the big fight feel. The world would have been if it's still a pay per view. Yeah, I don't know that you get a lot of you got a interest. You get all the Filipinos like Francis. They'll, you know, Pacquiao could get in. So since it's Manny Pacquiao, I'm sure it'll do good numbers, but it's not the same. Spence Pacquiao was a super fight. Pacquiao Ugas is just. It's just a decent fight. I think it's honestly a fight that Pacquiao should be taking at this point in his career, though. Like, not Errol Spence. That's a fight that you take when you're at the height of your career. Like, when you, you know, are balls to the wall the best and you're unbeatable. You don't take that fight at 42 years old when your career is, you know, coming to an end. Um, But then again, I'm also not uh, Manny Pacquiao. I also don't you know, um, take on the best opposition uh, because that's what the best do, right? They take on the most dangerous opposition. So I have a lot of respect for him uh, because of that. Uh, but it's better than no fight. You can have no it fight. It is better than no fight. That, that, that is 100% that for sure. Suck. It's better than no fight. Mm-hmm. That would suck. I love Gus. Yeah. <laughs> now, that that's gonna actually go into that que- into the next question I had because a good friend, like I said, to the program and a good friend to us, like in over in Europe, crushing and boxing. He actually Gus, like I said, Gus that's from crushing point. boxing. He. Yeah, he raised. Yeah, he raised a situation. Well, granted, first we got to say he he said that Spence was ducking Pacquiao, but at he did he raised a perfect question, which I after about a minute I already had an answer for it. But he said, if this is an injury, why not just postpone the fight? Why just have this immediate replacement? Now, here's the part that. I, within a minute, I started thinking about it. When this fight got announced, Pacquiao was like a champion, somewhat like a champion Emeritus Arisas in WBA. Remember, he he beat Matisse and then he beat Thurman. People expected the WBA to do WBA things and just award the, like, the super title to Manny. So that this would become a full-on unification fight. To their credit, and we, like I said, there's not a lot of credit to be given to WBA this week. To their credit, WBA did not do that. They stripped Pacquiao of the one of the trinkets that they had, and they elevated Ugas to the super champion. Now you have a situation where Manny is going to challenge Ugas for the title. And should Manny win, which he almost likely will. Now you have Manny Pacquiao as the full WBA champion again. And if the plan is to stay with the Spence fight, now you actually you actually have it as a unification fight. It's not just Manny Pacquiao challenging.
So that's part of the reason, main reason why um, you had him sub pretty early because he was already on the undercard. In consideration so of all the fans that were anticipating this fight, yes. And because I just researched but the recovery time, here's the situation. Retina, here's it's, the it's situation. What do, you, what do you guys weeks, think about so that? So I think definitely they could have. Does it make they it could have postponed the fight for an extra two weeks or a month, and would you rather? I know you guys said it's better than no fight, but would you guys have rather heal his eye? Um, and then move forward happen. with the fight. But two to four weeks is really not that significant. Uh, the thing is, though, it's not just two to four weeks. He's in the Spence is in the middle of a training, so he's he's building the peak. Now he's going to go two to four weeks, and with that detached retina thing, I read that you can't even like run. So now he's going to stop training for two to four weeks and sit on the couch for two to four weeks, and then try to get back into training and then get in the ring with Pacquiao. He, you need eight weeks training camp to build up to a fight. So he, if he sits on the couch for two weeks and then gets back in, he probably needs at least four weeks to get back into a, a good boxing shape so that he's ready to compete. So really, even though it's a two to four week recovery time, you can't have the fight for at least, you got to push the fight out at least six to eight. That's and, still not a lot of time. But with Pacquiao, you see his schedule. He's a senator. He's got... I'm sure he has international travel things because of the Philippines and coming to the United States. Just reschedule that kind of stuff right now. And Pacquiao, who knows what his under looks like in the Philippines. Um, so I, I don't know that it would have been, if it was like two local fighters and then you just kick it out to the next month, that would be one thing. But when you got a guy like Manny Pacquiao, who's a, who's a Senator without obligations outside of, then you figure the international travel that's involved, um, even if Pacquiao's here training, there's people from the Philippines coming to see the fight, and he can't have his fans just just bail on the fight like that. Um, it does. I, I just think from Pacquiao's side, it doesn't make sense for him to postpone it. You bring in Ugas, you do the fight, you make your money, and then when Spence is ready, maybe you do it in December or November. I actually wouldn't. I just say, oh, well, right off into the sunset, and that's it. Um... But they do have laser surgery to fix a scratched retina or retinal terror. So I guess I guess I see Joe's point, but no. I mean, if you want to make the fight happen, then why not just postpone it? That's just what I see. And you're dealing with someone's vision. You want to give them the appropriate amount of time to excuse it. <laughs> <laughs> You go in there with an eye patch and you get it done. <laughs> I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. You don't do that. <laughs> the... Somewhere along yeah, the lines, I agree. Man, you see Francis right now waving a waving a Filipino flag. <laughs> no, well, the bad the bad part about it is, part of me feels bad for Spence in a way because, no, obviously you're losing you're losing a payday, you're losing potentially a chance to fight a legend, but. This has got to do damage to your psyche. Mm -hmm. Look totally what agree. What he's coming back from. He's coming back from an accident that almost killed him. 
and and the comebacks you, you haven't looked that good. You won, but you haven't looked that good. And now you have a chance to put yourself in the stage. You have a chance to possibly retire a legend. And then this happens. This close to the fight. Like it, that's gotta hurt your psyche. That's why if Joe's like if you postpone you have to postpone really? a six mentally. Because that'll mess with your now. Obviously, like I said, we've been dancing around the issue that we were going into because almost everything that we just talked about, Joe kind of ran off on it, but we do have to talk about it again, unfortunately, because as much as I know some people were griping about this Lucas fight, folks, there's a good chance that this is not going to happen at all because... Unfortunately, the pandemic has gained its vote and then some. If you if you're starting to look at the data, if you're starting to look at the cases that are rising, particularly with this with this Delta variant that now that's going on in the country, there's been some whispers, unfortunately, within the last couple of weeks. And at at least I. I I spoke about this a little bit, like I said, about in the private chat with Michael of Platform Box Report and Gail Farkenthal, sorry, good friends of the program. We have to remember also that Pacquiao Space is not the only event that's happening in Vegas on the same day. Technically, on the schedule, is supposed to be SummerSlam. Like the, the, the main WWE pay-per-view for the summer. Now, the weird part about it is, according to the wrestling website, the wrestling dirt sheets, the reputable ones, at least, I think Fightful, and I think also the Wrestling Observer, they've come out with a report saying the WWE, the company, is already making, and this has been reporting from one or two weeks ago, WWE is already making contingency plans to either postpone SummerSlam or move SummerSlam back to what they call the Thunderdome, which is like this this mini stage where they had fans on Zoom calls and screens throughout. Now, the main reason that the Thunderdome existed is because they didn't have any fans in the arenas because of COVID. Now, this is the proverbial, unfortunately, canary in the coal mine situation because if WWE, a company that has no pandemic, a company that literally bribed the governor of Florida with $18 million to keep running, it's already making, this is like I said, probably for as of like two weeks ago, so they've been planning for at least a month to possibly either having to postpone or move their big summer pay-per-view to a location to having no fans in Vegas. There's a possibility that Vegas itself, because they this has to, this has to be talked about on municipalities. This has to be talked about with Chamber of Commerce in Vegas, with Allegiant Stadium and such. If that starts to happen in WWE, there's actually then a good chance that 
this now Pacquiao Ugas card either gets stopped, postponed, or has to be moved. And Joe, like you mentioned it, COVID, COVID has stopped. Lopez and Cambos is happening. Lopez, I think that would be devastating. Cambos from happening when it was supposed to for boxing fans. It has stopped. If, if they really say, well, okay, we got to move month. it to a different venue, and it could very no well fans. stop them happening in October. Just, they they have more deaths than we in Illinois. Are you, actually, Illinois what is one of the stage you guys actually, think Illinois is pretty the good. situation could be in if we hear uh, but Nevada is in about not. a week's they, time. Their deaths, okay, we're not even having this part or. We're going to have this so card, but we're going to move and they, it to they shut down before with no fans. You know, you didn't think that the strip was something that could be shut down, but they did. They shut it down before. So it's not it's not impossible. It's not unheard of for them to do it if the numbers keep going up. Now, I think that Manny Pacquiao and the boxing and the, the amount of revenue that it drives. I think maybe that, that that would could have an influence that would prevent the government over there from from blocking it down and like here in here in Chicago we had Lollapalooza and it brought a hundred thousand people downtown um, and the up front that hey this is going to be great for all the businesses so we're doing it um, maybe Nevada has the same thing with the Pacquiao fight it seems like that would be something that brings a lot of uh, business to Las Vegas. Um, but it's certainly something that could happen. It could, there, I could definitely see a scenario where they say no more, no more large events in excess of a certain amount of people. And then that forces the, the, the PBC to, to move the fight somewhere else and then have the fight in a different venue. Um, I could definitely see that happening, unfortunately. I'd rather see the fight happen, even if it's without fans present. But it also kind of worries me just in terms of what you've mentioned with the WWE. I mean, they always make their shows happen. I mean, they were the ones that made the shows happen in Florida during the height of the pandemic. So it's like they're unstoppable. You know, they try to find a way to make all of their shows happen. So um, that's very now, concerning. What do you think of the, of the situation, Francis? Can you picture? I hope that the fight isn't now, postponed. I mean, even against about- Ugas, I'd still love to see Pacquiao fight, and I think there are a lot of fans that would love to see him fight, even against a late replacement like Ugas. And you know, late late replacements can always bring the surprises. You never know. Pacquiao was a late replacement too once. Um, you know, with yeah, Lavala. good point. Good point. Underestimated. I still think that this could be a very exciting fight. So. I'd rather see it happen in a different state without any fans and have it not happen at all. Because I I started thinking about this when I saw like I said when I saw the dirt sheets come out with this and we're like because 
obviously WWE, like you mentioned it, they made it a point to stay around. Like I mentioned they they bribed the governor of Florida with eighteen million dollars to stay open when everything was being shut down. And it looks like they were gonna get shut down too. Now we're not gonna get into the reasons why WWE did it. There's a lot of reasons that fall into it, but for that company, that company that has been dying to get fans back. And that they were trying to make SummerSlam into what WrestleMania should have been in their eyes. Like full with four range of fans in that area. For them to already start to plan out, say, like, you know what, we may have to move this back to this sound stage to this sound stage. That tells you something. Because Honestly, I don't think they're going to, if they're going to, if WWE is going to do a Thunderdome, they're not probably going to do it in Florida because Florida right now is ground zero for this Delta variant. And like I said, I, I just came back from Florida. <clears throat> Almost nobody is wearing masks. And at least in the parts of Florida, I was in Miami. Almost nobody in certain parts are wearing masks. Social distancing is has been somewhat followed, not always. And obviously with the governor, DeSantis, and with him even trying to threaten school districts in Florida, taking away their state funding if they even offer mass mandates to the kids. Yeah, that's a that's a dangerous game to be playing now. And now we have to also have to, have to mention the fact that, like Joe mentioned, there's and you guys mentioned there's a lot of travel that's going to be coming from the Philippines to see this fight. What are you? And like I said, I don't know the procedures. Like I said, I, you fans of Filipino, I know you keep up a little bit with some news. In that mm -hmm. area? Oh, of course he is. What would be the procedure for like people that are starting to leave and then not be able to leave to come back? Do they have to go into a quarantine in that area? Because you have that happening. And not to mention the fact that you got to pay Manny this money. He's not going to fight for a reduced amount. He's going to want his money. Yeah. And I started thinking what other areas this fight could be. And like I said, Florida, like Florida sounds like a good location, but I just mentioned the issues with Florida. And it could make a bad situation worse for a lot of things. And there is probably the only logical option at this point is going to the Mahicans and going to Connecticut where the the variant isn't exploding as it is in Florida. It's not exploding so much here in New York. Luckily in that area and then in New York City, Mayor de Blasio pretty much made it a point saying that you can you need to get vaccinated. You need to show that you have actual proof to be vaccinated for us to even open up. <clears throat> and people in the city have done so, but now, we've we've experienced what this shutdown has done last year. 
We've seen how long this has been. We've seen the fights that have been coming up. If this does happen, if if at least Vegas shuts down completely. Yeah, I can see them doing Again. it just for the predictability so they don't have to worry about Is trying to reschedule venues at the last minute. Um, I could Almost definitely see from a business sense that makes, BBC, it's gonna it be makes the most sense so that you're not going to have to work, limit the variables so and just know this is how it's going to be. But you're not going to get the gate revenue, you which is a big part of the, the profits. Fully going back once like, again. Actually, here in Chicago, to we, we have large events. Our COVID is so bad. To a stu- to our, a studio our, we, had, again. we had three times as many murders as we did COVID deaths Believe. during July. We had uh, Lollapalooza. We had WWE Raw. We got uh, our, our baseball teams have stadiums with no restrictions. And, and COVID's been okay here. Maybe that'll encourage some boxing promoters. We had a boxing event in July. Uh, maybe it'll encourage some boxing promoters to move their their fights here. How about that? What if Manny Pacquiao got the fight got moved to Chicago? Oh, that'd be great. That'd be wonderful. And there is a seven day quarantine when you return to the Philippines, according to the CDC. So, yeah, so there's a lot of avenues. So Chicago wouldn't be bad because, like we mentioned, Illinois, Connecticut, New York, like the states that got hit the hardest, the beginning have managed to weather a little bit. Obviously, like vaccinations have played a factor into it. Mass mandates have played a factor into it. We're going to see what Lollapalooza does because between Lollapalooza and the Sturgis rally, we might see another Another spike happened, but like I said, the cities haven't opened up. At least, like I said, those cities, New York City, Chicago, haven't opened up that carelessly. They've done a little bit of their homework when it comes into that area. So I wouldn't mind seeing it, but at the same time, when you when you start to people, think about it. People are just thrilled to be out doing things. Have, in the for Which our Chicago White Sox, as, the as White Sox team is doing very good. And then every every yeah, every game they got drunk Tokyo people fighting in the bleachers just because they're just happy to be out and and, and drink too Even much. I, no I think I think that would be great. Um, we had a boxing event in Chicago just uh, just last month and it drew a decent crowd. It has been. Yeah, we added a baseball field. How it was outdoor event at a baseball field in Rosemont. If it seemed like it drew a, drew a good crowd. Parking lot was full, and whatever remainder of the year, uh, boxing. I man, if they if they did boxing events here r- right now, now would be the best time to gather the the interest. And um, I, I don't I don't think it would realistically happen. But if if I was a boxing promoter, like I I would consider Chicago because they've shown that they can hold these big sporting events and um and and good crowds the i think the aew they're coming the wrestling promotion they're coming here in chicago running four shows and they sold out the united center 
So, uh, you know, there, there's, there's fans here and, uh, and, and venues to hold the events. Yep, and like good thing, like good thing that you mentioned AEW. Yeah, obviously, oh, a, a wow. rumor debut. Fake vaccine card of a native son oh, in gosh. Chicago is feeling a lot of this, a, a lot of it. But it does show you that it is a close in the area. Like I said, Chicago, New York City could work. Like if you mentioned AEW, AEW is going to be running in September, Arthur Ashe Stadium, and. They've already, I think, sold most of the tickets. And like I said, in New York City, they're making you prove that you actually got vaccinated because they, they got onto the fake vaccine cards pretty fast in the city. So, yes. Yeah, so for, if if you want to have an outdoor and indoor major event in New York City right now, you have to prove that they're vaccinated. So there's another, there's another part that leads it to New York City, but... Well, it seems like it's going to make boxing done. and sporting events in the near Obviously, future unpredictable. Here in Long Island, we might see done. a lot of things, a lot, a lot more events. The big test the has to be whether you're willing to open up Madison Square Garden, and I think that's one of the few areas that the Blasio has has not been too keen on fully opening up yet, and that could play a factor too. But we have to see what's going on because this is affecting this is going to affect a lot of things and mm -hmm. yep and like I said and that's a pain to think about because think about it, if you have to cancel hotels do the hotels have now to give full refunds, losing that revenue? Obviously, airlines, which have face shutdowns, have face strikes. Another round of of tickets being canceled. It's it's going to get uglier before it gets better. Now, let's go from that into previewing what we're hoping is going to be some fights happening. And this week is pretty full. If you look at the schedule now, the main thing is the main thing we're going to preview first, like I said, because the 14th looks to be filled, filled completely. Now, let's start off in the UK, which is going to be the fight that's going to be happening first. You're going to have the second week of Eddie Hearn's. Fight Camp series, with like I said, it's basically him having fights in his backyard. It's obviously going to be in the zone, and 
the headliner is going to be a light heavyweight bout between noted British prospect Joshua Boatsy versus Richard Tompkins. And in the second fight, you're actually going to have also Savannah Marshall defending her WBO middleweight title. <coughs> you have Raymond Ford fighting once again in the UK. And, but obviously the main thing is going to be focusing on Boatsy because... He's been a top, a really I mean, every time top at this point, Watsi, twenty eight years old, he's trying to make a name for himself. The, every time he gets to the ring, he's got to look good. He's not only got to win; he's got to look good. Um, now, so yeah, I think I think you know he's got to come out. He's got to be aggressive. He's got to try to get the knockout. His first fight didn't really look good. I think he's got a tough test though. has to has to really. Well, is pretty good because. Person that hey, it'll be, be it'll be a good fight. I think I think it's a good challenge. Yeah, he has to come in there and really dominate a lot, mix if he wants an opportunity against Bibble. You know, and then also depending on how this whole situation with Canelo and Caleb Plant works out, I know that Bibble is, you know, it's a possibility that he could be a future opponent for Canelo. I just think if you're going to be facing somebody who's going to be facing Canelo then it's important to come out in a dominating fashion and try to knock out your opponent um, to get the attention and the publicity for a fight with Bivol. Yeah, he's he's been like I said, the more tired prospect between him and Anthony Yard, and we've seen Anthony Yard. He has taken a loss. He's reco- he's recovering from that loss, though, in many ways. And like for Boatsy, yeah, he has to show out of this because at this point, you have to show that you're the you. You are fighting the UK right now, given what's happened in the US, would be, at least money wise, the better fit right now than a fight with Canelo, which could easily just want to be in a fight with no fans. So he does have to show, he does really have to show out. There is, there's a lot of things that are going to be playing his table. Now, the next three fights are obviously going to be happening in this stage, in this side of the Atlantic. Let's tackle this one first because it's one that we talked about in the last few weeks. Obviously, this was supposed to be originally the fight that we're going to talk about, but then it turned in Nonito Donaire versus Joe Casimero. And then... Casimero's team said a few things. Donaire's wife, Donaire got mad. <coughs> Donaire backed out of the fight as a matter of principle. And now, so Casimero's team 
has landed once again in the fighter that they were originally planning for in Gamma Rigendal. Then you just have to be gonna happen in for both mentally. In StubHub. Um, versus California. Nobody's calling I, it I think else. it's difficult, but I think it can be done. I don't mean you're going through pretty severe contrast. When it like, comes uh, to this type no of Nito fight, because uh, this fight's going to happen on Showtime. Free swinger, you got to, whereas Guillermo Rigandau, like it's a that's bad been matchup for Casemiro. How hard is it to Guillermo Rigandau, he's going to slow that fight down to one grinding fighter, halt. He's going to, he's going to, Casemiro, he's going to be, quickly it's going to be hard for Casemiro to start generating a lot of offense. And then Guillermo Ringadal's got a little bit of pop, so Casemiro gets gets frustrated. And yeah, the thing with Ringadal is that he's so boring. Well, he's that's a great fighter, but he doesn't get a lot of fanfare. But he's frustrating to fight because he's so good defensively. Maybe not fun to watch, but he's frustrating to fight. And I, I think for Casemiro. It, it is a big change. You go in with Donaire and the hands are going to be swinging and you got to you go in with one strategy. I think the strategy with Guillermo Rigandau is, <laughs> is totally different. You go in there free swinging with, with Rigandau, he, he's got such good defense, you're not going to be able to get close to him. And then when you do, he's going to pop you. Uh, I, I think it's a tough matchup for Casemiro. I think it'll be Romero, but I think in terms of a more powerful fighter, you'd find area is the more powerful fighter um, in terms of the more nasty ex- exchanges. I think it would be with Donary and not Rigandau. Rigandau is classic Cuban jab him. Um, so I think the fight is with Rigandau, even though it may be the more frustrating fight. Mm-hmm. Well, he's got to be like, I think, he, oh, is he 41 technically? But in Cuban terms, he's really like he's 50. 55. Yeah. He definitely has a face <laughs> that says I'm 55. That to me is going to be the million dollar question because we, we've seen what Well, you know, that Cuban style keeps you young. When he decided to move back down to Bantamweight. We've seen what he's capable of. The power is there. We don't exactly know if Rigano's power will be there going back down to bantamweight, not to mention his age, is he still has pretty decent footwork for a man his age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, when you, an amateur, well, if you think about it, an amateur style, which you're only fighting three rounds at most, and as many a points, and has been a point system until recently. Yeah, that's exactly how it's been. Real go. Olympics, and then now this one in Tokyo. This happened. It's, it can fall into that factor, not to mention that I think Casimiro actually did want to look forward to having a firefight with Donaire. 
and now you're going to be put in the put in the situation. Granted, this was your original opponent. This was the person you were originally set to fight. But now you go into a situation where you got to think of a person that's going to just pop you with a jab. You're going to have to chase, but when he chases, he's going to try to pop in the jab, then pivot and probably make you miss a punch. And that may, like I said, that may be the situation that Casemiro may not look forward to. Obviously, he's still talking a lot of smack. He said he'll, he said he'll knock out Reagan now and then go after Donaire. But at that point, I don't really think. I don't think he's going to come out on top when he comes to this. Outside of the chance that he knocks out Rigondeaux, I think Rigondeaux will win on points, and. It will. It could set up, like hmm. I said, the the other fight that Donaire did want. He wanted a rematch with Rigondeaux. And your stakes for it because there's going to be a title. So it, that falls into it. Now, speaking of titles and staying within the WBO on the zone in the Fourth Center, Frisco, Texas, you're going to have. They're returning Virgil Ortiz Jr., who is pretty high in the WBO rankings. Call a state busy fight versus Adistrius Kavakalskis. Oh, sorry, Kavalaskis. And what can be seen as the actual dress audition for a potential fight with Terrence Crawford. I mean, this is a golden opportunity for Virgil wow. Ortiz because he's fighting the Mean and Machine, right? Fun. Is that the guy's nickname? Like, so this dude's got a lot Virgil of power. In last fight and, uh, in summer, exactly. he, in Texas. He's, he's got a loss on his record, Texas. but before then, he was he was wrecking and people. Considering the situation I think it's a great Robert test for Virgil Ortiz because if he comes out, it's going to be an opportunity to show off his boxing skills. It's again, it's and if he can look good and maybe even score a knockout, that leapfrogs Ortiz to the top of the welterweight to, division even if and maybe certainly puts him in the, the mix to call, be able to call out Crawford. Because if Ortiz say, comes out and looks good and you, gets a knockout win, have to face I think me, a lot Mr. of fans, especially the Mexican fans, are going to be loving to see an Ortiz versus Crawford fight. And Crawford needs – he needs a rival. That's the fight with Spence isn't happening for whatever reason. Uh, Crawford needs someone to fight. He he is a guy who's he's at the tail end of his prime right now. Like he's he's such a talented boxer. It just seems like his career has been like a missed opportunity. Um, he needs a rival. Vir Virgil Ortiz would give him that rival. You'd get all the Mexican fans watching. That that would be a fantastic fight. But the only way it happens is if Virgil Ortiz comes out and looks good. If he can knock out, he can get a knockout win. That there'll be a lot of buzz for a Crawford fight. Now Virgil Ortiz comes out, looks sluggish, squeak barely squeaks by. Then I, I think he's going to get ridden off by a lot of boxing fans, and all of a sudden the interest in a Crawford fight goes goes down the drain. Yeah, he is impressive. Uh, the person that he's fighting has a lot of power. He looks very explosive, very strong. And I think that Ortiz looks strong too, but, uh, you know, moreover, I also think that he needs to, to look good because right now golden boy needs somebody like Virgil Ortiz. I feel like Ryan Garcia, he's, you know, still struggling with his mental health issues and such. I feel like golden boy needs another star aside 
from Ryan Garcia since they lost Canelo. And I think that Virgil Ortiz, um, you know, he's a, he's a rising star. I think that he could definitely, you know, be the new face of Golden Boy the more that he continues to grow in boxing. Um, but he needs an impressive win against a guy well, like your this. Thoughts. You know, a win against a guy like this is impressive because this guy looks like a wrecking ball. <laughs> he fought here in Chicago. He's good, man. I, when, when did he fight in Chicago? It was years ago. When did we see him? He fought on one of the when Conlon was here. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah. And, you know, I've been watching Virgil Ortiz for a few years. I mentioned him probably about five years ago. And I said, oh, you got to watch this, this prospect. Uh, this this rising star Virgil Ortiz he's actually pretty good um so you know I've kind of been a fan of his since you know since the beginning since there we've heard rumblings about him I'd like to see him succeed um you know especially under the golden boy umbrella but yeah he does need to look impressive he needs to look impressive for this fight go for the knockout Now, to me, there's probably a bigger onus on Ortiz to win this because one of the things that was in Twitter land was that Ortiz turned down the fight with Crawford to fight Mean Machine. That was one of the things that came up within the last week. He has denied this. The thing that people remember yeah. when it comes to victory, so they too. remember moments. And one of the moments that happened after Ortiz's last fight was he and Crawford did get into a little bit of a smack talk because Crawford was there, I think, in the crowd. And they had a little bit of a back and forth. Granted, it was polite. But you already had that interaction there. So I think he has to come out guns blazing. And Considering, yeah, that Golden Boy is going to want him to succeed. He's probably a more reliable product Garcia in their stable. So I think he'll be able to come out in that area. And if he if he knocks out Mean Machine, there's that gives an avenue right there for Crawford because he is Crawford is looking for opponents. You mentioned Spence fight. Doesn't really look to be happening. And the only major fights that you can see Crawford go into it right now that are within the promotional lines at this very moment is a fight with Josh Taylor. But Josh Taylor's tied himself. Now he's tied busy defending the undisputed junior welterweight title in the UK. So you may not see the fight until later on this year. This gives you a chance to get a fight earlier in the year. And it'll be against a 
a good welterweight, and we have to see how it shapes up because if Virgil comes out and he and he really really shines, that opens up a lot of avenues for him. Because it won't be just a WBO that won't be listening; it'll be the PBC listening. So, hopefully, they say he gets the job done. Now, the last fight is obviously a trilogy, and how we got through this trilogy is it's interesting. Joshua Franco versus Andrew B. In Tulsa, Oklahoma, on ESPN. Yeah, the first fight, Franco won. It was a really, really good fight. You had the rematch. Franco got in, Franco was got injured early on. I think fu- Franco has to make fight. adjustments because he won the first contest. fight, and that was when Maloney ESPN was push, pushing Maloney. That was in the middle of COVID, and they were hyping up Maloney about Trying how he came here from Australia from, from, Oklahoma. Was it Australia or, or is he Australian? Like this and he came here from Australia and with him, him and his Joshua brother, was, right? And yeah, they were away from their boy. family. And Maloney this was their big man. moment. And then he comes They're out doing business. and loses on ESPN to Franco. They do now, the rematch. Out of this fight, because we didn't uh, see much in the rematch. Maloney comes out in the first couple of rounds. I thought he looked really good. It sure seemed like he Would was uh, taking early control of, of that fight. They bang heads, I think, in round three. Maloney then can't continue. And for me, it looked like it was a fight that Maloney, at least in the first couple of rounds, was was winning handily. And I think it looked to me like Franco was just looking for a way out. So now here it is, the trilogy. Franco wins the yep. first fight. The second fight is considered a no contest. Mm-hmm. This is really the win that Maloney has been working for for probably the last 18, 18 months. So uh I, I think it'll be a good fight just because right now it has so much history and Maloney, um, you know, he's, it's, it seems like you gotta be rooting for him because he's, he's been trying, he's been trying for so hard. Uh, he, he looked devastated after he lost that first fight, and, uh, but he took it with class and dignity. He, he didn't sulk. He took the rematch and then, Gets to no contest because of a headbutt. Um, I hope Maloney comes out and does well and finally gets his win. It, it should be a good fight. It should be entertaining. And uh, the, the first fight was a good fight and was fun to watch. And the second fight, I thought Maloney looked really good until the the headbutt. Yeah, I have to agree. I do have a soft spot for Andrew Maloney as well. I'd like to see him take the win home on this. I think he is talented uh, and I think he's exciting to watch. So. I'd like to see him get the win in this trilogy. He definitely, he definitely deserves it. And he has a crowd pleasing style. I'd like to see him advance in his career. And he comes from a fighting family, doesn't he? Doesn't he have a brother, Jason, who like, yeah, that wasn't, isn't as strong as Andrew in terms of the boxing technicalities and skill. Andrew seems to be like the better boxer. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that, that was the interesting part because okay. that was I remember that was one of the sentiments 
that people had when the when the second fight ended that they thought Frank was just trying to get out of it. But yes, Jason Maloney. Yeah, it's a similar situation to the Charlo twins, where one of them is viewed as having more power, when the other one's viewed as having more skill. Andrew's viewed as having a little bit more skill. Jason is viewed as being having a little bit. But what makes this particularly difficult for me to judge is I did, I understand why people thought it was they were trying to get out of it, but to me, there really wasn't enough of that second fight for me to see whether it was. So I have to go by the first fight. And that was very, very close. And Franco knows in this situation, you win this, you beat Malone, you solidify yourself in this instance. Now you put yourself in a conversation in the Superfly division. And we know who are the crown jewels in the mm-hmm. in those fights. It'll be Quadras, <laughs> Ron Versailles, Chocolatito, Gallo. Yeah, right. If those are the guys you want to aim towards getting into it. And if you could put yourself in that conversation, I think beating Maloney and beating him better than you did the first time would do that. But and I have to judge that best in the first fight. Maloney could come in and win this, but I could also see Franco making it difficult for Maloney again and coming out on top again. Now, like I said, these are the fights that are happening this week. Cross right. your fingers that they're still going to happen, unfortunately. Recording this, is, this is on Tuesday. We've already huh? seen what can happen within a day. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, but thank you, Joe, folks, for joining us this evening. Special Tuesday edition. Join us next week where hopefully we're either talking about fully previewing the the card now manned by Manny Pacquiao versus Jordan Yusugas. Or we'll be talking about COVID taking another another fight card to the canvas. Joining us on this evening. Everybody be safe, please. Do what you can to stop this spread. Have a good day.